According to Tom Rayner, the majority of Protestant churches in America average 10 or less salvations a year. Let's change the stat. Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Hey everyone, welcome to GoCast. I'm your host, Kelly Stickle, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Tim Tribble. How are you doing today? Oh, what's up, man? I'm doing good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, today I'm super excited. We have an amazing conversation with my friend, Pastor Dan Lord. Uh, I've met uh, Pastor Dan, I don't know, a couple years ago, and this guy is always full of wisdom, always Mm. full of energy. Mm -hmm. He's a whole lot of fun, except for the hockey team he cheers for. (laughs) Other than that, he may or may not bring that up. Yeah, he will. Um, But anyway, Pastor Dan is amazing. He was an uh, associate pastor. He was actually the executive pastor at a mega church in Memphis for many years. Um, Made quite a reputation there, had a big, big impact on that church. And then just about a year ago, he moved to St. Louis, took over an established church. And Mm -hmm. we talk about that transition. But it's interesting in that conversation where he talked about how uh, the church, the history of the church and the passion of the church has always been to reach the lost. Yep. And he says there's only one season in the entire history of the church where the church didn't grow. And wow. so we pull into what that was and what caused that season, what happened, and then in particular how they transitioned out of that season. But he also brought up something I thought was interesting. He said he was in a, a room full of pastors, and one of the pastors stood up and said, asked all of the pastors this question When was the last time you led someone to the Lord or invited somebody to church? Wow. And he said it was. The responses were uh, amazing and a little bit terrifying. So let me ask you that question. When was the last time uh, you invited someone to church or led someone to the Lord? Yeah, I I had to think pretty recently, but I had a phone call um, about two months ago where I was just sitting in my office. Guy calls, doesn't go to our church, Yeah, um, doesn't even, I don't think, believe the same belief that we do, but just calls and is having serious marriage problems and just wanted to talk to somebody to get some wise counsel on it. And by the end of the conversation... Not only was he like open open to like an invite to come to the church, but I was able to lead him through the salvation prayer. And and it just blew my mind because a lot of times we think about inviting people to church or, or doing a salvation call or like um, praying for them so that for, for them to get saved is that we think of it in a public place or you're right, praying right. for them in Walmart. It can right. happen over a phone call. Yeah, it's just so as easy good. as that. That's so awesome. Well, it's interesting to see the impact that it has when the leadership actually invites or ministers to people one-on-one, the impact that has on the entire congregation. We're going to get into that and more with my conversation with Pastor Dan Lord from Victory Church in St. Louis, Missouri. Well, hi, Dan. Welcome to GoCast. It's so great to have you on the program, my friend. Pastor Kelly, it's an honor to be here live from St. Louis, home of the Stanley Cup champions, the St. Louis Bullets. <laughs> yeah, had to get that in. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was coming. It's not in Canada right now. It's in the good old USA for another 11 months. It hasn't been up here for a while. And yeah, we, anyway, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so uh, other than being a massive blues fan and uh, we, we had lots of chatter back and forth with oh, yeah. uh, last year with the, with the playoffs going on and, and how exciting that was. But tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in, in ministry. You've had quite the, quite the journey. Yeah, well, I grew up in a, a Pentecostal church in St. Louis here. Yeah. I was pastored by a great man named Roy Gerald. And yeah. uh, somewhere in my teenage years, I kind of 
turned away from God, got rebellious in my heart, been through a lot of hurt in my childhood. Uh, but as a boy, I sensed that God wanted to do something with my life. I felt something special when I'd hear stories about Samuel, when he would, you know, hear God's voice calling him. And I think as I progressed, even in my teenage years, even though I wasn't living for God or on the path of leadership per se, uh, I still sensed that God wanted to do something. So when I became uh, about 18, I had an encounter with grace and I grew up kind of in legalism and all about the rules and yeah. You know, when people say you're going to hell, I'd like, I sure am. I'm pretty aware of that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, but I wasn't aware of how much uh, God had planned for his, his favor, his mercy. I needed lots of that. So when yes. I discovered that, I, I started sharing it with my friends. And uh, out of that kind of bloomed uh, reaching young people, which made me a youth leader, which eventually turned into an accidental youth pastor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's kind of a crazy story. Yeah. That's really cool. And so you also were started in ministry. Yeah, that's cool. And then you also were uh, an executive pastor for a large church. That's correct. That's right. Yeah. I was a youth pastor for 13 years here in St. Louis. And then God led us to Memphis, Tennessee to the life church with pastors, John and Leslie Siebling, great pastors there at the life church. And yeah. uh, we, we got to see the church grow from about 700 to multiple campuses, thousands of people coming every weekend in 13 years. So it was a pretty awesome experience to get to be a part of it. Wow, that's really cool. So yeah, yeah. you've seen you've seen all different types of, of ministry and and parts of ministry and been a part of, of lots of different parts of the church, which is which is really cool. But uh, you you've taken uh, a, a church yourself now and are senior pastoring in St. Louis. So tell tell us about Victory Church in St. Louis. It's history, uh, what's been happening, and and how long you've been pastoring there. Awesome. Yeah. The church is about 36 years old, so it's not a spring chicken. Yeah. It's been around the block a little bit. It, it came out of the Jesus movement, really a couple uh, pastors that had gotten saved and had radical ideas. And they actually had something called Victory Farms, which was this rugged piece of property in the 1960s and 70s where people would come in off the streets and they would live communal style and Wow. Uh, help people get off drugs and help, you know, moms that had an unexpected pregnancy. You name it. It was just kind of all happening in there. Yeah. And then eventually it turned into a church. So at the very roots of the church was a, a heart to reach people and to make Jesus famous. So that's uh, a pretty awesome uh, beginnings. And then the church uh, was pastored by two gentlemen that had two separate churches. They'd been friends, but they brought their churches together. 36 years ago. Wow. And uh, one of them retired about three years ago. And the second one, he retired in January when, when we became the pastor. So rich history of faith, uh, non-denominational church, uh, just people love God. Yeah. One of the neat things, uh, Pastor Kelly, is that in 35 years of Pastor Randy and Pastor Terry pastoring, the church only had one season in those 36 years that it didn't grow. Wow. So it's pretty remarkable. It grew from, from zero to about 900 when we became the pastors in January in only one, one season. Wow. Uh, and it's when, when he felt like the church got a little inward and they were focused on themselves and a move of God and God touching us. And, and, and it was like 
a little inward and they made a shift and got outward focused again. So it's pretty cool to step into a leader leading a church like that. Man, that's a that's a really big deal. Uh, what you said right there, when the church, the only time that it didn't grow is when it began to focus on itself. Now, there's there's this idea out there that you know a healthy church will grow, and so a lot of pastors take that to say let's focus on ourselves and, and our health and all the rest of it. But I mean, you just said it right there. The moment that they started doing that, and probably with good intentions, that's when yeah. it it stopped it stopped growing. Yeah, they were having great services and great preaching, and they were just three-hour church services, and and you never knew what was going to happen because God was going to show up, but that meant that guest numbers went down dramatically, and so so did so did the growth of the church. So when they shifted back to to an outsider focus, talk us through that or what the church looks like now, and then what what that what was what did they change to get outside focused again? Well, I, I wasn't here for those days, so I have a little recap, a little autopsy of kind of what, what changed. But basically what Pastor Randy shared with me is that they got more discipline in their services. Yeah. And so the weekend became more of a focus of reaching people instead of just keeping people or us having a great time. They started thinking, hmm, does this song make sense to someone who maybe has never heard before, or do we need to explain this? So it wasn't that they backed away from all the things that were important. They just became more conscious of a guest, started thinking that way. So we've tried to pour gas on that fire Yeah. Uh, in the last uh, seven, eight months. Uh, we started what we call our VIP team. So before you even get to the front doors of the church, we've got probably 10 people outside under a, a big black and white tent that says VIP, first-time guests. And we're, we're welcoming you. We've got uh, parking hosts that are out there help, you know, welcoming you before you even get to the VIP team. So that's great. You know, it's hard to it's hard to get on our property without a big hello. And we actually have this is funny. We've got a winery just a couple miles down the street from us. Yeah. yeah. And we, we had some people drive by and see all this excitement. What is all these people doing? So they just pulled in. And they put on their flashers as a first-time guest, and they parked, and they, they came in. They hadn't been to church in 40 years, this couple. Wow. And they, they came in and gave their lives to Jesus in that service. After the service, they went back to the VIP tent and said, we haven't been to church in 40 years. We were on our way to the winery, but we saw this outside. We just had to come in, and we loved it. That's awesome. And so, you know, it's kind of crazy. So. Yep. That's re- that's really key, and that there's a really key uh, little truth right in there too. But we we discovered too that there's some people that w- when they're coming to church for the first time, we've encountered some people who who said if you didn't have somebody in the parking lot, I would have probably driven away. I came in, was so nervous, didn't want to get out of my car, but because you had people in the parking lot, uh, they spotted me, they had smiles on their face, and they're like, okay, I could, I feel safe, I can get out. You had somebody driving by, and that pulled them yeah. in. Um, that's them that's in. A, that's yeah. really cool. Those are like the once in a while stories, but yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Well, we had a conversation in, in August at the, at a conference about you're seeing salvations. Like you had, I think the conversation was the week before. You had 46 or some salvations on a on a Sunday. Uh, how how many? I mean, you're pouring gas on the fire in a big way. So, how many salvations or baptisms have you seen this year so far? We're around 850. Wow, the year, and so that's. That's, I'm not sure what the numbers were last year, but uh, this last weekend we had 20. And some weekends uh, we might have more, 
Yeah. Uh, but we, we do a, a call for salvation differently. So I just tell our team, we're not going to get worried about the numbers. We know they're happening. Yeah. So that's what's important. Yeah. We know we'll reach people, but some weekends we'll make more of a concerted effort and we'll have people raise their hands. And we'll actually count how many people lifted their hands to receive Christ. And some weekends, we, you know, if the service lends itself in a different way. We might just say, hey, if God's dealing with your heart today, stop by and talk to one of our leaders or stop by and pick up this great book that will help you in your next steps. And on those weekends, we might have fewer people that actually pick up the book, things right. like that. But it's still it could be higher if we you know, just stayed on it. But we're not worried about the number. We're worried about are we reaching people and create an environment of faith where people can know Jesus. That's really good. So, yeah, it's, it's been pretty it's been a pretty awesome ride. Uh, one weekend we had 99 people baptized. I was like, can we not find one more person? <laughs> <laughs> can it please be on? Shout out to Wayne Gretzky, though. We got the 99. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was a blue, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, for a short time. <laughs> Sorry if you're not a hockey fan out there. We're, we're a big hockey fan. Yeah. That, that is, uh, man, that is really cool. We did, we did a spontaneous, uh, baptism one time. We had 96 and I was, I was trying to drag in four more too. And I was like, come on, <laughs> where are they? let's go. Somebody pay somebody to get baptized today. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. So I, I like the fact that so you're changing up your call, your, your salvation call, your call of salvation. You're changing it up on regular, but you do it every service, correct? Yeah, we do it every service. It would be rare if we didn't, uh, I, I can't really imagine what scenario it would be that we wouldn't. And it'd have to be a really special service uh, or a totally different focus or maybe people. I don't really know. I can't think of a reason why we wouldn't. It's it's pretty much in there every yeah. week without question that that we're going to do it. And I just encourage anybody that's watching that maybe is nervous, like, well, there's nobody out there. Maybe there's we don't have a lot of guests. Well, you got to start fishing. And you got to get your pole out and you got to get your line in the water uh, and, and get some bait on it if you're going to catch somebody. That's so good. Yeah. And, and it also trains the people. They're learning as as I communicate, as you communicate. When we when we give a plea for salvation, they're learning how to do it when they're on the job or in a conversation with people. I've had people tell me that. Yeah. Hey, I did what I saw you do in church the other day. Yeah. And I talked to them. And so it, it equips people, even if there's no one there. No one raises their hand. That's okay. No one comes forward. It's okay. Uh, our job is to cast the net. Yeah. Absolutely. Even if nobody comes forward, there's still somebody sitting there going, "Oh, I should have invited," or "Next week I'm going to invite." Right. Uh, that's really key. We just had we just had a a nine year old uh, girl. Her mom was telling us uh, that she was driving uh, her her kids. Her nine year old led her four year old, I think, little brother. It was through the salvation prayer because we had done it such consistency. She kind of walked it through, and the mom said, "Wow!" Because she uh, because she she learned how to lead through the salvation prayer listening to her nine year old do it, which is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome how it dominoes when you're just willing to cast the net. Yeah, so, that's really awesome. I was just reminding our church actually a couple of weeks ago that Jesus called us to be fishers of men. It's the it's the first thing he said to the disciples. So yeah. if we're not fishing. Then we, you know, a lot of us have a John boat. We have a little trolling motor. We've got all kinds of lures, and but we don't have our pole out. We don't have our line in the water. So it's like, get your pole out, and cast the line. <laughs> Absolutely, that's so good. So talk to us about one of those catches. So tell me about somebody in the church, how their life was miraculously changed when they became 
born again. Somebody that you wouldn't expect maybe coming into the into the church doors, but got radically saved. Well, we we have the, there's a restaurant here called Fifty Four Street Grill, yep. about ten minutes from the church, and uh, we're having a revival in this restaurant, and all <laughs> the waiters are getting saved. Wow! And it's it's awesome. All these young twenty something year old waiters, and it started with this one girl, Danny, and she started uh, inviting her friends to church. Started telling her friends about Jesus, and uh, there's a young lady named Susie. That got saved. Uh, she got pregnant last year, ended up breaking up with her boyfriend, has a baby. She's maybe 20 years old. She's trying to figure life out. Her, yeah. She grew up in a denomination that didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And so Susie now is a youth leader just like six months into the year, seven months into the year, started serving our youth group. Wow. My daughter's like talking about Susie. Like Susie just got saved. I'm not sure she should be a youth leader yet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, her friend Tanisha Dalton. There's this like this whole pocket of these twenty somethings, and I show up at church, and they're they're leaders already. You know, it, which is amazing. Wow! If, if you would have known where they were not too long ago, uh, and one of them told me the story about how they started trying to go to church. And they went through an interview with the church, and the church actually told them that they couldn't be baptized. Wow. And and I thought, wow, you have faith in Jesus, but you're not going to be able to be baptized because they weren't far enough along in their faith, or they didn't really maybe understand what they were doing. Wow. And, and we baptized her, and she's here multiple services. Yeah. She's being discipled. You know, I just think sometimes we're too cautious with the fish. You know, it's like, get them in. It's dirty. It's messy. But get them in the boat. Yeah. And, you know, so that, those would be a few stories of young people's lives who are being changed. Some of them are on the worship team, the media teams. They're all serving. They're all involved in church now. And, and so much so that the manager uh, had a meeting with them. His name's Joe. He yeah. told him, he said, look. We're going to have to figure something out because you guys want to off work on Saturday nights and Sundays for <laughs> church. And we're, we're going to have to figure something out. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Yeah, that is awesome. That's what you live for, you know, shutting a restaurant down. That's awesome. Well, Jesus, when you talk about uh, leaders not uh, being prepared, man, Jesus used 12 messy guys and, and led with them. And they, he, put, he thrust them into leadership right away. And Matthew, one of the messiest, right? A tax collector rejected by everybody. I mean, right after he calls him, he's like, hey, let's host a party and get all your messy friends in and let's do church. But it was kind of, yeah. That's exactly right. That's cool. I think we got, I think we got to throw, the, throw it wide open for people. Yeah, absolutely. Now, so what's been your most effective strategy, at, you know, as a church for winning souls? Uh, you, I mean, you've had a, a, a on fire year and seeing seeing those results. So, what's been your most effective strategy as a church? Uh, I, I would say it's just waking the church up to its strength. Yeah. As the pastor, not being afraid to challenge the church, um, and just I gave out alarm clocks one weekend. Like sleeper, arise from the dead. If you're here, you're going through the motions. It's time to wake up. We're on a mission. God's got a purpose for this church. We have a mandate from heaven. Just preaching messages like that. It's not a suggestion. It's the Great Commission. It's a mandate. It's a it's a it's it's the way we should be behaving. Right. Well, I can't behave that way. You know, we have to behave this way. We only have one option. 
we have one purpose on earth as the church and it's yeah. to reach those that are far from God, you know? So I just, I think that's been our strategy, so to speak, is just, man, I've been preaching about it. I've been pushing people. I've been calling people out of their comfort zone and, and not worried that people are going to leave. Yeah. You know, um, I heard the great evangelist Reinhard Bonnke, he, he said this one time, he said, God didn't call us to be keepers of the aquarium, but fishers of men. Wow. And so even our, our full-time ministry team, everyone involved that's a leader, whether they're paid or not paid, uh, everyone's job is to be reaching people. Right. Our whole church needs to be focused on reaching people. And so I think we've brought a shift of that um, into the church, just in conversations, in our meetings, when we're planning weekend services. It's just like it's all about reaching people. That's, That's our so goal. Good. So it wouldn't be necessarily one single strategy, but um, just trying to keep it focused that way. And whenever we get conversation going about, well, you know, so-and-so doesn't like it. They, Okay, well, are we trying to do church for them or are we trying to do church to reach people? Right. You know, we're just keep coming back to you main focus. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Are you sensing, like I sense it even when you're just sharing, you sensing an urgency in the times to like, to really get, to really get after this thing. Like there's, I don't know, I, sensing an yeah. urgency. I've been sensing an urgency of just going, man, we're, it, it's, it's time. Like the church needs to waken. Absolutely. I think it's the Zacchaeus moment where we have to invade, you know, yeah. Jesus didn't just call him out of the tree, but he went to his house. Yeah. And uh, that's aggressive. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yes, I totally sense that. And I think when we have that sense of urgency as well, some of that we have to create as leaders. Yes. So even if we don't sense it, that you know, the clock is ticking and we have to create that sense of urgency in our church. Who are you bringing? Here's your three invite cards this yeah. weekend. Everybody yeah. has three. I need you to pray about giving one to a stranger. God, speak to me. Who can I give this to this week. Open my eyes. Help me see. God, help me find a neighbor, someone in my neighborhood that I need to be inviting to the house of God. Right. And help me to find someone that I work with. We, you know, we do those kind of things like here's your three bring invitations. We bring people. We don't invite people. You know, so it's like we're creating that sense that we got to get on this. I think you sense it, but we also create it. So you're creating, you're giving tools to your people to actually to, to bring and, and to invite their friends, family, coworkers. I, I, yeah, absolutely. It, I think that's a, a key is to equip people. We don't do it every single weekend, uh, but some, some weekends we will around special yeah. uh, weekends in church. And we know certain series are more geared towards uh, reaching people. Then we'll, we'll give out invite cards. I know it's old fashioned to have a card. Uh, but we also do like a little text campaign. Who can you text? We're right here in church. Why don't you get your phone out? Yeah. Text somebody, say, come to church with me next weekend. <laughs> you know, things like that. That's awesome. Man, so what, what advice would you give to a pastor who, who wants to s start seeing souls saved in his church? Maybe they're listening to you and they're feeling that urgency as well. But what advice would you give to a pastor who says, man, I want to see souls, souls saved in my church. Where do I begin? What do I do? I think it starts with me. As, as a leader, mm. I set the tone for the whole church. And however I go, that's how the whole church goes. So, uh, you know, I, we did experience a season one time uh, when we were at the Life Church where 
we weren't growing as rapidly as we had been. Yeah. And I had a, a friend come in and, and I said, why don't you help, help us? You know, something's going on and we can't figure it out. And so he met with our pastors and uh, he said, well, let's just start this morning by going around the room and let's talk about the last time we led someone to Jesus and the last time we brought someone with us to church. Wow. And he started, you know, just one by one going around the room. And uh, it was uh, it was a bit of a, a, a sad moment when some people couldn't come up with when the last time they got someone to come to church. Wow. So, you know, those kind of questions, they they get to your core and mm-hmm. shake you a little bit and say, am I leading the way? Am I inviting? Am I bringing? Uh, and and it's actually fun. You know, you get people to come to church and then you get up there and preach and they say, I didn't know you were the pastor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and say, well, yeah, I'm the pastor. And they're like, that. That, that that freaked me out, you know. So, <laughs> I think we've got to set the tone. It starts with us. Yeah. And then in our personal lives, that we're living that way, we're we're inviting, we're bringing, we're teaching people about Jesus, we're speaking up, we're witnessing, not being weird, but we've got to find those ways to connect with people, and that just dominoes through through the whole church. That's so good. That's so good. Talk to us about uh, discipleship. What what are your strategies for? For uh, and I like what you had said earlier, right? It's not just about seeing hands and counting hands. It's not about the numbers. It's actually about changed lives. And so there's a process there. He did, you know, Jesus did say, "Go into all the world and make disciples, not converts." And so there's there's a strategy right. behind that, right? In in discipleship. So talk to us about your strategy for for making disciples. Yeah. So I I always like to say in these discussions, Pastor Kelly, and I don't know if you feel this way, but. I always feel responsible when I see that grand total, 850-something people yeah. that, oh, my gosh, we, we only have – how many have been through our growth track, our discipleship process? It's like, oh, man, we're not doing a very good job. <laughs> you know, I, And I've never met a pastor that has 100%. No. I, in fact, I had that that same that same guilt, the same pressure. So I actually contacted the Billy Graham Association and asked them. I said, "Okay, yeah. talk to me about your follow up and what kind of retention you guys are getting." And they said, "Actually, uh, as a Billy Graham Association, we've been averaging three percent." Wow. Yeah. I, I was I was surprised with that as well, and and uh, I mean we're never going to get a hundred percent. I don't I don't know if that's that's possible, but oh, wow. but yeah, anytime anything less than a hundred percent is very dissatisfying as a pastor. So we're I mean we're always focused on that, saying man how how do we get yeah, it? Always working on that. I think like we we've had this weekend we were up I think it was four hundred fifty people over a year ago. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. a lot of new people in church. Um. Maybe that's half the salvations, but our our growth track would only be about a quarter of those, about twenty five percent. Yeah. So just so I, we're not like leaving some pastor totally discouraged, yeah. you know. And I think what I've heard is twenty five percent is high. It's really high. Yeah, that's that's when we we talked to Billy Graham and they, the association. And they said three percent. They said, "What are you doing?" And at that time, we were around, I think, 20%, 25%. Yeah. Uh, we've since increased. I think we're averaging now the last couple of years, we've been around 48%, which we're, we're thrilled about. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah. But, we, but we put a lot of work and, and intentionality into, into making disciples. But 25%, right. that's, that's high. Yeah. I, I, I was always reminded of the parable when Jesus said, some goes on good ground, some mm-hmm. goes on rocky ground, so on and so forth. 
that it, it wasn't a high percentage that stuck. Yeah. And some get caught up in the cares of life. So just to release pastors from that pressure, but we do need to be working that system hard. So. Jesus didn't even get a hundred percent. No, no, he didn't. No. And he had one bad disciple. <laughs> so, uh, but we have a four week, uh, we call growth track. It meets on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Uh, but we, we even upset the, the fruit basket, so to speak. And, We've been doing these one-day events where people can go through all four steps in one day, wow. and those have had really good turnout. So we're we're doing that version, and then we have another version where you can do them on um, two Sunday nights in a row and be completed. So we kind of have three different ways that we're going after catching people with their busy schedules. Yeah, and, and that seems to be effective for us. So it's important that we have something that people can figure out when it is, but we're still. We're doing, like, doing it here, doing it there. We had real consistent every Sunday, and we were averaging seven or eight people last year. Yeah. Uh, and we've changed it, and our numbers have gone up. So we're offering it at different times, different opportunities. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the first rung into uh, spiritual growth and getting connected in church is that get on a team, start serving. But we're launching something this fall called Advance, which is an eight-week leadership training environment. Oh, very cool. Um, kind of a next step for leaders. And the goal of that is to equip people to feel uh, like I can handle a small group of people in my home or I could lead a, a service team in the church. It's basically like training people to lead a few people well. Wow, that's so really, really cool. I'm excited about that, yeah. That's really cool. And, and training leaders is is a big part of uh, equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry and saying, hey, if we're going to grow, we, we got to, it can't be just on us as pastors and, and our staff. Right. We, we got to equip the people to yeah. lead as well. That's really good. Absolutely. Man, so with with the discipleship, I mean, I love what you're doing, messing with the methods, trying what works. If something's not working, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, completely, let's let's change it, let's work it. But I mean, because the truth is, it really, those who are brand new to the faith, they're the hungriest. So they they're the oh, ones yeah, who are most likely to say, "Yeah, I want to go to that course. I want to learn more. I'm more hungry." And if they're not uh, coming out in the numbers that we expect them to come out, then then it might not be even the course. It might not be. It might not be them. It might just be the clarity. And I like what you said. Right? You said this. Just want to make sure that all of our listeners caught this. But a clear next step. And I think oftentimes we as pastors, we make it difficult times what the what the next step is. Mm-hmm. When somebody puts their hand up on a Sunday and says, "I give my my life to Jesus," the next question in their heart is, "What do I do now? What what's next?" And so, if we yeah, give yeah. them that path, that's um, that's that's good. So, I like I like what uh, a lot of the ideas that you shared there. That's really good. There's a, a simple little phrase that my pastor taught me: clear pathways to connection and involvement. Ooh, that's good. We have to have clear pathway to connection. How do I get connected here, and how do I get involved? Right. So the the, the big question that people are always asking is: Does anybody know my name? Yeah. And am I needed? And if we don't get those two things straightened out, there's not a chance that people are going to stick around. So, so good. it's very important that you figure out how, what's the clear path in those two areas. So in your small groups, you, I mean, you, you talked about small groups. So this is part of your discipleship path. I mean, this that's that's the next, next part about being connected, for instance. Yeah, small groups. We're trying to ramp up. This, this spring we had uh, 50-something small groups, which, wow. you know, if the average is 10, that's we don't have the capacity to handle, you know, a third of our church. Yeah. So 
we're really pouring gas on that. We had a meeting the other night, our interest meeting, we had 77 potential leaders there. So I was like, come on, you know, and there's, there's a bunch more past that. So I'm not sure where we're going to land this fall, but yeah, we're trying to really increase the number of, of people leading groups to help people get connected and, and be known, be needed, start learning the word of God, get in relationship, you know, do life with people. So that's, that's a huge component. Uh, we'll be pushing that here in a couple of weeks in church. So we kind of do two big seasons in the spring and the fall Yeah, uh, with that here in St. Louis. Yeah, That's really cool. Man, this has been so good. What, what are you sensing for the church in the next five years? What, what's, what's God putting on your heart? What's stirring in you for, for the next five years of church? I'm sensing that Kelly is going to take over the world for Jesus. <laughs> All right. I'll take that. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think, you know, that's a big question. Uh, thankfully, though, we don't have to, I'm not really worried about the future, but I'm excited about the future. I'm, I'm sensing a sense of excitement in the local church. Mm. I'm sensing that the, the, the media is wrong about the church declining. Yeah. Because uh, I think the church is getting stronger. Yes. So that's what I'm sensing is, you know, that the church gathering is, is powerful. That's getting to be more of a powerful thing. Uh, there's an excitement about the, the house of God that's, I think, coming into the earth in a new way. What it means to be the local church is changing. It's it's becoming a bigger thing in people's lives, not a smaller thing. It might be getting smaller in some people's lives, but in the kind of churches that you're building that I'm a part of, uh, it's becoming a bigger deal. Yeah. So that's what I'm sensing is the church is getting stronger. The church is becoming more of a central point in the in community, not an afterthought. Yeah. So I'm rambling, I know. but No, that's great. That's awesome. awesome. You know, not worried about the church's future. Like, oh, the church is in decline. Uh, not ours. Yeah. Uh, not the church you're part of. No. Not the church of the living God. Uh, here we go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and like you said at the beginning, the only time that the, the only reason why the church starts to decline is when we become about us and become insider focused. Man, yeah. we you can't you can't help but grow when you're focused on on the community and reaching the lost and going and getting them. And when you get them, yeah. when you catch the fish, man, they're going to be contagious. They're going to tell everybody. They're going to lead right. all of their coworkers to the Lord. And the boss is going to be left right. going, "I have nobody to work Saturday night or Sunday morning." I mean, that is awesome. awesome. <laughs> yes. That's what that's the church. That's 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 incredible. This this has been so much fun. Thank you for doing this. Is there anything that I, I should have asked but but haven't? Ooh, good question. I don't think so. You're the master interviewer. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for watching and thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to be on your podcast. And if you're watching, you're discouraged. Don't be discouraged in doing good. You're gonna reap at the right season if you don't quit. Don't quit. Don't let anybody pull you down. Keep going strong for Jesus. Yeah, amen. Awesome. I know that there's pastors out there that would, you know, that you've you've prodded and poked with ideas and 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 things. So where can our listeners connect with you online? Where can they where can they find you and and follow you and and connect with you? Well, victorychurch.com is our church website. It's still a bit archaic from 1999. Uh, my friends over at Yellow Box told me, yes, it looks like it's from 99. So we're about 20-year-old website. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that nice when friends call up? and <laughs> It's just, you know, yeah. we're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, but you can check out our messages online at victorychurch.com. That's probably the best way. Awesome. 
thanks so much. Dan. This has been amazing. And uh, thanks for all uh, you're all you're doing. And you're, you're a great friend. And it's been uh, fun getting to know you and connect with you and cheer you on and excited what God is doing in St. Louis. Thank you. God bless you. And go flames. Just got to put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, my friend. All right. Bye bye. What a great conversation with Pastor Dan Lord. Man, there's so much content in there. It's so good. Man. I particularly loved how he said sometimes we're too cautious with the the fish mm-hmm. and that discipleship is messy. What was yeah. what was your big takeaway? I loved it when he talked about um, everybody's job, the main job is to go and meet people on a Sunday. It's like right. you have a you have a task to do, but your main focus is meeting people, which I'm pretty sure is the job description Jesus would have given to his disciples as to when he called them out. It's like church is about meeting people. Yeah. And I love the the quote that he he gave to that. Hey, we're not called to be keepers of the aquarium. Mm. We're called to be fishers of men. Man, there's so much rich content in our, yeah. this GoCast podcast. I'm loving it. I'm learning so much. Me we're too. applying a lot of this stuff to our churches. I'm hoping it's helping pastors and leaders that are listening as well. I'm sure it is. But where can people follow along with GoCast and be a part of the conversation? Absolutely. You guys can go onto iTunes, look up GoCast podcasts, or you can also go to our website at gocast.ca and subscribe. Yeah, it's available on wherever uh, podcasts are available. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. We encourage you to subscribe and to follow us along. Join the con- uh, the conversation. We'd love to hear from you as well and help you where you're at and just help build the mission and continue to reach the lost from the platform of the church. Man, next week, we have an amazing conversation with my friend, Pastor Dan Goddard, who yeah. is the lead pastor of the Victory Church in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Here's an excerpt of that conversation. Limitations and, and, and problems are, that's what leaders do. Um, yeah. <laughs> leaders work on those things. Uh, yeah. If we didn't have limitations, if we didn't have problems to, to challenge us, uh, we wouldn't need to come to work. We could just go hang out, you know, go so have true. vacation 24-7, which wouldn't be so bad. I mean, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. complain a whole lot. But um, but that's what gets us up in the morning. That's why churches exist. Churches exist because there's problems. Yeah, right? true. Uh, otherwise, we'd just get to go to heaven and hang out. Yeah. Um, but we've got a world to win. we got challenges to face. For next episode with Pastor Dan Goddard, I particularly, I think you're going to enjoy, he's going to give very clear in, in the way that Dan can, clear steps. He gives three keys, three steps to having an effective soul winning church. You're not going to want to miss it. So we can't wait to see you next time. See you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. We hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for Christ. Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.